You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins. I'm Dave Griffiths as we tape this on Thursday, September uh, is this the first or the second? I can't even. This is the first. It's the first day of September because it's my dog's birthday today. Hey, happy nope, birthday, Fido. Chase. Woo, yeah, Chase. him too. But um, but we're we're celebrating ten days until the Colts season opener right now as they travel to Houston on September 11th and take on the Texans in Week One. We have a great show on tap today. Um, we'll, we'll touch briefly uh, a little bit on the last preseason game, but really our focus is on that 53-man roster, how the Colts trim down there, and they get. 17 more with the extra international player exemption for the um, for the practice squad as well. So there's a solid 70 guys that are practicing uh, out there right now. And Chap's pointing to his phone at, at the moment. So I'm sure that there's more breaking news that we're going to get to. So why don't we begin yeah. with that right off the top uh, before we dive into Colts? Because uh, Chap sees that something is happening on his cell phone. Uh, Schefter reporting, a loss before the season even begins. Titans pass rusher Harold Landry tore his ACL in practice. That is massive. That's, that's a huge. Landry is a really good player. Yeah, I believe wow. they just signed him to a big contract this past offseason. They did. Like, they have a really good defensive line. That was the thing that was kind of steady on their defense, uh, that they kind of changed the linebackers up here and there. They had some changes here in, in the secondary from time to time. But that that defensive line it had him. Uh, is Jeffrey Simmons... Uh, on that line, he's a he's a rising player over the past couple years. Has really Stud, come on, yeah. yeah. In, in his in his young years, out of Chris Hagan's alma mater, Mississippi State. Um, so wow, no, no Harold Landry. Yeah, twelve sacks last year. Um, really, their best edge pass rusher. I think they have. Um, oh, who's the guy they signed from Pittsburgh? Uh, to rush. Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. They have Bud Dupree as well. But is Autry still there? Danico Autry is, is still, still there. there. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, you know, you know there's positions you can. Compensate for pass rusher is so hard. Yeah, to compensate for it really is. Yeah, you have each team has pretty much one guy that they got to rely on a lot. If you Landry, have two, you're yeah. lucky. But yeah, Landry's a guy. I mean, twelve sacks in a season is is a guy you rely on to to change the other team's offense for sure. Uh, so now let's get into uh, the news surrounding the Colts specifically. Uh, Shaquille Leonard has returned to practice, did so on Wednesday. So no action for the Maniac up in Westfield, but they get back to uh, team headquarters and he's good to go. Uh, he's practiced now two days, both yesterday, Wednesday, and today on Thursday. Has done some individual drills, a little bit in seven-on-seven seven, uh, together that the Colts tweeted out, uh, some, some video of him. Um, missed the entire summer. He said three and a half months. Somebody said, what's well, been about two months? And he, he rattled back immediately. He knew. He was clicking off three the calendar in his head. He was. And he's been counting down the days, Mike, until he can get back uh, on the field and then to game time. Uh, he, he, was, he was very cagey when we talked about when he'd be ready to play, but uh, I'd imagine that, that he would rather be on the field sooner rather than later just hearing him talk this afternoon. Yeah, and as we, as we talked, the, and Frank talked, the important thing was getting off pup so that, so that you can practice. Because people, you know, well, if you're on pup, it's four, four games. No, it's four games and you can't practice. Right. So, you know, the question is going to be week one, I, I kind of doubt it. Week two, uh, I wouldn't rule it out. By week three, I think he's playing. But it's just going to – again, he's got to get in game shape. And Ballard mentioned that on, on two or on Wednesday, I think it is, that it's it's different being out there and the mental reps and doing what you do with the rehab guys. It's just different yeah. playing football. It is. And he's now practiced twice in eight months. Mm-hmm. So, But knowing him, 
the kind of player that competitor he is. He's going to show everybody once again that they're wrong, and he'll be back sooner rather than later. Okay, Darius uh, certainly never one to hold a grudge at all uh, at, in his life. But uh, on that note, I've seen so many people point to week three. Joe is the possibility for him to return against Kansas City. I think week two is much more likely because of just how last season ended and how Darius likes to hold on to things more so than a lot of other players do. I guarantee that he wants to be back week two, not just aiming at week three because it's the quote unquote home opener. He doesn't want the team to go down to Jacksonville without him uh, based on what happened last year and has happened every year in his career so far, to be to be sure. That's a good point. I could see that uh, when it kind of came out. You know, I was watching you guys' tweets as they were coming out when uh, Darius was speaking. I kind of turned to my coworker and I said week three as well. Just kind of, it felt easy. You know, that there's no gimmies in the NFL. No. Obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars kicked the Colts out of the playoffs. But I think, uh, logically speaking, the Colts should be able to handle, handle Jacksonville and Houston. Logic has done nothing it, to help it, the Colts. It, if, if they <laughs> the can handle whatever. the first two games without Shaq, they have much greater issues than Shaq. Exactly. Exactly. You're not wrong. Um, but if he's healthy, bring him back whenever he's ready. Agre- I, I just think timing-wise, this week three would give him nearly a month from right now to kind of get into shape, to kind of feel comfortable, as Leonard put it. Yeah. Um, so that would make sense, but you make a good point in week two. I bet I bet Shaq's got week two like, kind of circled. And here's what I'm thinking, again, kind of going along that. Like, this week he's practicing – Next week before week one, he's practicing. Then the next week, he's practicing before week two. That's three full weeks of practice they can get before that week two game. And I don't, I'm not going to rule out even week one, but three full weeks of practice out there on the field seems enough to me to ramp up and be ready to play. I guess part of the question is, when does he get into full practice? My understanding is right. just doing individual drills yesterday. Well, they, like I said, the Colts did tweet out some video of him in seven-on-seven. Seven. It okay. looked like making an interception or something. I, I don't know. That. Like it, I don't know if it was full seven-on-seven, seven, but, but it looked like... Like, like I said, uh, we're we're not out there for for that chunk of practice anymore. That was during training camp, really, when we could be out there and even watch seven on seven or eleven on eleven drills. So uh, it sure looked like he was out there, kind of going around with the team. Okay, um, great. So, so yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I'm sure they're easing him into it. They oh, don't yeah. want to just throw a full yeah. load up. But if he even gets two weeks of full practice contact, I think he's ready to yeah. go. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't. So you be, might be right yeah, about I mean, week two. Yeah, I, like I, I, if it goes to all the way to week three, I'd probably be a little surprised, to be honest. The more, the more I think about it, and r- week one is, is not, not entirely uh, impossible. A couple players returned to practice. Uh, Isaiah Rogers with his concussion was back on the practice field, as was defensive end Quiddy Pay. Uh, from his bone bruise scary moment last week against the uh, in 11 on 11 work where he went down clutching his knee. So uh, so good to see a couple players that we anticipate playing major roles, Quiddy especially, uh, on the defensive side of the ball this year, uh, back out there at practice. And they'll have two weeks to ramp up again before week one. Uh, punter Rigoberto Sanchez placed on season-ending injured reserve, as we expected with his Achilles injury. Safety Armani Watts placed on season-ending injured reserve with his ankle injury that he sustained. Um, and the Colts, uh, that, that's kind of the, the health update right now. They also uh, put Trevor yes. Den- Denbo on IR. Trevor Denbo, the after NFL's th- leader in special teams tackles right. in the preseason. After, this is after the cutdown, so he, he is eligible to re- return at some point this year. Right. He has to miss at least four weeks, right? Correct. Yes. So, so that's where he is right now. And for for a team that I I think Denbo was was absolutely a, a Bubba uh, Bubba addition to this roster. Yeah. Like there's he, three or four guys that yeah. they are Bubba guys. He gets he gets a couple says right. say sos here and there. And with with how young this roster is and how they're really 
tra- changing over. Did we talk about this last week? Ten if, rookies. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, ten rookies and four undrafted free agents. And there are 20, 26 players, 25 or younger. First of all, okay, let, let's uh, – let, I'm going to hold off. We're going to get to that, I promise, when, when we get <laughs> okay. to the, the, the 53, because I have some thoughts on that uh, uh, based on exactly what the Colts are saying and, and, and what I think, and, and we'll see what, what you guys think about what you I probably, think. You probably disagree, as I do, with some of the things that they say. Yeah, yeah exactly, yes. I think there's, a, there's another side to this, to this story that, that the Colts are, are not keen to share. Uh, but anyway, the uh, Colts' second home game of the season is sold out against the Titans week four. Uh, the Chiefs game week three, of course, is already sold out as well. We, uh, that was announced earlier. So uh, first chance to see the Colts this week will be against Jacksonville in week six. Uh, plenty of good seats still available probably for, for that game, I would imagine, or, or, or decent seats at least if it's not the best seats in the house uh, to see Jacksonville come into town. Um, the Colts did make a trade to try to round out their 53-man roster, uh, help with special teams in particular, linebacker Grant Stoward, Stewart? Uh, I think it's Stewart. Stewart, I think yeah, it Stewart. is. Uh, they did a pick swap with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They sent a sixth pick to the Bucks. The Bucks sent the Colts, Stewart, and a seventh-round pick uh, for next year. So had 11 special teams tackles a year ago. That's, that's a lot of special teams tackles. Like people see 11 tackles, like that's not that much, but it really is in terms of special teams wise, a good number of special teams tackles. And since the Colts let go of guys like a George Odom, a Matthew Adams, and, uh, Glasgow Jordan Glasgow. and Jordan Glasgow, like they need special teams help. Bubba was talking about uh, the special teams coordinator, Bubba Ventrone, that they, their special teams coaching or their coaching, they haven't done this much coaching since 20, uh, 2017 or 2018 when these guys broke into the league, all these young guys with Zaire Franklin, Syracuse University, Matt Adams, and George Odom, all those guys, like, they, they need to learn what to do, and now they're doing, they're doing it all over again. That's, that's a, um, it's a vicious cycle of the business. Guys like a George Odom in particular, you get better. You're a first-team all-pro special teams player two years ago, and then you want to be a starter somewhere. You want to earn starter money. You want to do more than special teams. Uh, and, and that's great. If you can do it, fantastic. Good luck. Guys like Matthew Slater, the Patriots special teamer, who's been a special teamer for 12 years or 13 years, like that's the aberration. A lot of guys get good when they're younger and then go off to try to be a starter or at least a role player somewhere else. So the Colts find themselves in that situation with a couple of their players, so they need to coach up this new new young crop of guys. Stewart's going to help them do that, kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah, Stewart, I think he had 26 26- snaps on defense and what was it 300 on special teams 311 so that's what he is yep and, and you know you, you say that the way these guys develop Zaire Franklin was a special teams guy and you work your way up you work your way up and now he's not only a starter but he got a second contract that's so huge it's it's I always and sort a of captain a special teams right. captain as well. I always feel a bit sorry for Bubba because you're in the meetings and they're talking personnel and they're talking offense defense and you're sitting there saying well what about me Right. I don't want to say he gets the leftovers, but they're going to, you know, your guy, you're going to get guy that, that can't really do something else at this point. And you've got to make that work. And he's done a great job of making guys. Jordan Glasgow probably barely saw the field on defense, but he was a good player. Now they, they, they kind of reloaded. That was a kind of a quick reload with him. Was he here for two years? I believe only two years. Yeah. So, but, but again, it, it's, we always sort of, have a tendency to, to downplay special or special teams until you have a blocked punt or a long return or whatever, and then, then you say, oh, I guess that is pretty important. 
What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together, we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. You're going to have that memorized by the end of the season. I might. I just might. <laughs> I'm halfway there right now. Uh, the Colts have made the roster cut from 81, technically down to 53. Uh, as uh, Chap alluded to it earlier, some, some overarching big notes right now. Ten rookies, four undrafted rookie free agents. Was last year when they had the streak stamped? They did. It just like 20, last year. Like 22 years. 22 years in a row, the Colts had an undrafted rookie make the roster. Last year, four. nobody did. And there you're, you're cheering about depth, and you have developed players. And it's like we have a solid roster right now. It's hard to make the team. It might have been a little bit easier to make this team than it was in years past. That, that's just a fact. Maybe it's not the starters. We knew what the starting unit was, really the only question. I, I'm fine with almost all the starters. Yeah, me too. The only question was at safety, and uh, Nick Cross appears to be getting the nod right now. I'm still a little bit cloud. nervous about left tackle, but that's... Mm -hmm. But it's prior, and it's never correct, been anybody correct. else throughout training camp. It was, it was never really in question. But the depth on this team is questionable, period. It just is. And if your response is... Well, Chris Ballard has done well in the past, and he has a binder of players that he wants to go to. Like, easy. Because there are 10 rookies on this roster. One out of every five 20, players 20 of your roster. is a rookie. Four of those 10 are undrafted rookies. Guys that 32 teams passed on including six or you. seven times, including yourself. If you have to dive deep into your pool of reserves into your depth. You're asking for trouble with this. And Frank Wright can talk all he wants about how coaches love having young players and love to be able to develop them and love the talent they have. And guys have to play. Chris Ballard saying they have to play to get experience. You're right. They do have to play to get experience. You're 100% right. The Colts are very much an inexperienced team this year when you look past the starting unit specifically. I think their starting unit has a good deal of experience. There are spots here and there where it's not the case. But when you go, especially when you just go to depth, and you, this happens to every team in the NFL, you have to rely on your reserves to get you a couple games here in the season. And it doesn't don't know whether it's going to be an offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, linebackers, it, it hits every team at some point. And when I saw the roster and when I saw the 10 rookies and four undrafted rookies, chap, I just thought the Colts were playing with fire. That was my first reaction to seeing the 53 guys that made this team. And we go back to where the, the cornerstones of this team, it's the offensive line, defensive line. That's, I mean, that's where it's at. Defensive line, I think they're in pretty good shape. You'd like to have another tackle, but th this is a strong defensive line. Offensive line, holy smokes. Let, let's say this starting line, the five is fine. They're fine. Okay, we're buying prior at left tackle and Penner at right guard. Three. Then you've got Dennis Kelly, who they've re-signed, and he was at practice today, 
and didn't practice. Right. So, so, so we, he doesn't really count. We've really. not seen him practice. Yep. He didn't practice at OTAs, had a knee procedure in camp and still had practiced. So then your your backups are, I believe, Will Fries, who played, I think it was 22 snaps last year, two games, and three rookies. So it's it, one of the rookies you just saw, you claimed off waivers uh, from Buffalo. Right. So that's, and again, it's, it's this is sort of where they are. They tried to address this, remember, with Kelly and with, with uh, Jason Spriggs. So it's not like they didn't. It's like last year they brought in right. Sam Tevy and Julian Davenport, well, right. they, and they didn't work. Yes. But when he taught, when Chris Ballard talked on Wednesday, it was – it's not that he, he – he said depth is important, it is, but, like, he, he, he's kind of responding to the reality. Hey, we're young, and they got to play. The way you get experience is to play. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that, but to have it at key positions – it's worrisome. If if an offensive lineman goes down, you're you're kind of wringing your hands. You just are. Uh, ten rookies on a roster of a team that's considered the favorite to win the AFC South and and do something. It's a lot of rookies. Yeah, um, Joe. I, I I think Chap's assessment that defensive line is maybe one of the best units in terms of depth. Offensive line is again the one that I was I was mostly nervous about. And only eight guys came out of camp. I know, like he said, that they uh, they signed a guy or they claimed a guy, and then um, and then they and re-signed, then they re-signed Kelly, who, Kelly, who they cut for. That, that was massage on the roster, right? Exactly. There was a but little. He's bit not of that. ready. He won't but be no, ready to play week one. Exactly. He's not ready to go. So, like right now, your backup tackle period is Bernard Ryman, is a third round rookie. Both sides. And exactly. And I don't know if if Braden Smith gets hurt, I wouldn't be surprised if they move Pryor over there and have Ryman at left tackle. I'm I don't not think sure. he's taken a single right tackle snap. I, you know, I bet he did at some point in camp. Maybe, but we're talking like on one hand. Yeah, exactly. He took a whole lot more at left tackle. So, so that, that, that would you, you you always hate to to mess with two positions to fix one position. But that's what you'd have to that do. That's probably think. what you'd have to do in a couple of different scenarios, like in a couple of different ways. If if Ryan Kelly goes down, Danny Pinter's still the backup center right now. Like and then Wesley put, French, it's great. Then you'd bring in a Will Fries there to that spot so you mess up two spots again like that's it's going to be a little bit of a game of musical chairs if an offensive lineman gets hurt it, it remember just they, they did that during camp that for a brief period they put Ryman at left tackle and they put which Pryor surprised right. me yeah, they like, put whoa. Pryor at right tackle and Smith at right guard they did which was strange that was strange because then you're you are messing with the right side when you don't need to entirely but you know it's it, it'll work or it won't uh it's kind of like the receiver position. It'll work or it won't. Yeah. Anyway, let's run down uh, position by position here and, and just get a little bit more uh, more in-depth uh, on this 53-man roster. The Colts kept three quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Sam Ellinger. Uh, Ellinger had himself a very fine preseason, 24 for 29, nearly 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Also had a big rush against the Buccaneers, Joe, for that touchdown. He, he was a playmaker. As Chap has said in the past, the preseason is made for a guy like Sam Ellinger, but he did everything he needed to do to make this roster, and there he is on the 53 at the end of the day. I mean, Chris Ballard said it in himself. He played his way onto the roster. Yep. If, he, if he hadn't played this well in the preseason, I'm not sure he's on the 53-man team right now. So he, preseason does matter. People win or lose jobs during these games, and Ellinger won his job. And I'm still not in favor of it. Yeah, chaps. I, 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 I know. To- I totally understand the rationale. Had the great preseason. He earned it. 
And there's no question that they believe, and they're probably right, that had they waived him to bring him back on the practice squad, he's claimed. I understand all of that. But right now, you're carrying a player on the roster when roster spots are, are valuable who won't play this year. And, you know, if, if Foles plays well and, and he's your backup next year, he doesn't play next year. Maybe we were kicking stuff around in the pressure. Maybe their thought is that you've got Ryan for two years. Maybe Foles is a backup this year, and then you move to Ellinger next year. I don't know. But it's just rare and, and odd that they're, they're carrying a player who, barring the really unforeseen, is not going to play this year. Maybe, maybe if injuries hit and you, you're carrying two or three guys who have one or two-week injuries that can't play, then you risk putting them out there in week four because you have to. They did that a couple of years ago with Terrell Basham, mm-hmm. who they – it was maybe it was his second year, and he really hadn't done much, but they needed the roster spot. But, you know, I, I understand what they do, but sometimes there's a difference of opinion, and this is one I just i am not in favor of. But I don't – either they didn't ask my opinion sure. or they, I didn't get the message, one of the two. Yeah, I was – you know, I, I love, you know, Ellinger. I'm glad he made the mm-hmm. team because, you know, he did great things in the preseason. He's an easy guy to root for. But I was trying to figure out how this made sense with, the you know, Foles and Ryan both being on two-year deals. Are they just going to keep – three quarterbacks for the next two seasons. But I'm sure I, I look at the, the, the contracts. You're not going to walk away from Brian's. It's guaranteed. But no, Foles, but Foles, it, Foles won't be that much if you cut him next year. Exactly. So he might be more year to year than his two-year contract Correct. would indicate. Or maybe they were in training camp and they weren't as sure about what they saw from Nick Foles. Maybe they thought in their evaluation Ellinger was a lot closer to Nick Foles than they had anticipated. If something happens to Ryan – Foles goes out there and struggles. Maybe it's a short leash, and Ellinger could be out next. Who knows what the thought was? But I was just trying to figure out a rationale where carrying these three quarterbacks, where the first two seemed to be so entrenched, made sense. The Colts did keep three quarterbacks back in 2020 out of camp. That was uh, that was Rivers, Brissett, and then Jacob Eason. Of course, that was uh, as a rookie, a fourth round pick, Jacob Eason, that they didn't want to. Uh, let go to waivers. Did they open last year with just the two? They did, yes, only two. Because last year. because Sam was uh, on IR. Correct. Yes, yes, okay. that's correct. So yeah, he played and got hurt there late in the preseason. So yeah, there we are. Um, so three quarterbacks, also three running backs, which is the fewest number of running backs that they have kept in the uh, Chris Ballard era. Um, they've kept four uh, every year: four, 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 three. So that gives you another roster spot there to play with. Um, uh, probably the surprise is that they cut Philip Lindsay, uh, who seemed to have a pretty good preseason. I thought was really good in short yardage in the preseason. Um, but the three players who make the roster, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Himes, no surprise. And then Deion Jackson, who, again, was a special teams guy a year ago. And so you have him on to be more of a special teams player, something Philip Lindsay did not do during training camp. As Marlon Mack did last year. Exactly. And Marlon Mack was week after week, basically, uh, on the um, on the inactive list. And then, then he asked the team for a trade. Exactly. So is that what you're going to do with Philip Lindsay, you know? Or are you just going to leave him on the inactive list every week, or are you going to cut him and maybe have somebody who does play from time to time? So, so I understand what the Colts are doing there because they rarely have four running backs active in one week. Um, and they say they like... They like Deion Jackson's running. I'll, I'll tell you this. Philip Lindsay's a better runner. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. You can like Deion Jackson all, all you want, but Philip Lindsay's the better runner, period. Period, period, period. 
Um, so if it comes to a, a point where Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, knock on wood. He, and he hasn't at this point. Knock again. I mean, right. he hasn't. He's missed one like game in two years. Yeah. Uh, and that was because years. he was a close contact. Correct. Right? Uh, over Thanksgiving or whatever it was. Yeah. But the problem, we, you know, it's, it's to say a problem. The issue I've got is if something happens to where Taylor's out for two or three weeks, I don't want Naheem Hines all of a sudden being my feature guy. Right. He, you still want him to be the five or six carries and, six and five or six, six receptions. Correct. Yeah. And, and so maybe maybe the idea is that if JT goes down for any length of time, you can find somebody. Was it a couple of years ago that Jonathan Williams came in and rushed for 100 yards twice? Yep. So I I, and, and Philip Lindsay's still out there. So and he, Chris Ballard said, he, you know, I'm not closing the door. You know, we'll see. Right. Maybe they scoop. If that happened, they scoop Marlon Mack up yeah, off the hey, Texans practice squad. Again, that's, I think that's their th- rationale is if, if things are working the way this team hopes it is, you've got the offensive line, you've got a passing game that might not be lethal, but it'll be efficient. And at the risk of dissing running backs everywhere, you can find a running back to get you short term. And maybe they think more of Hines as a more of a whole backup to Taylor than we do because – that's how they used him in the preseason. I get it's just preseason, but I remember the Buffalo game. They were just hammering him up the middle. They weren't mixing him in as if it was if Taylor wasn't there. It would be half Hines, half Lindsey or Jackson or whoever the other running back was. They used him like an every down back. So maybe they think he's developed to the point where they can not 20 runs a game, but maybe close to 10 to 15 Plus the reception. Without totally work. wearing him down and wearing him out. Exactly. They, they did bring Devontae Price back to the practice squad as a rookie. I saw him playing a lot in special teams uh, out there in Westfield. So not surpri- I'm not surprised to see him back because I think the Colts like some long-term upside uh, for him or maybe uh, something that if Deion Jackson gets another opportunity elsewhere, uh, then uh, then uh, Price could, could be that special teams guy uh, sometime in the future. Um, Chris Ballard talking about uh, the Lindsey versus Jackson debate. Phillips, great, and I'm not ruling out ever bringing him back again, but Dion, he did some good things too. The special teams gave him the nod without question, and that's important. Wide receiver. Six wide receivers on the 53-man they roster. They like their wide receivers. They do. Well, so they say. Uh, <laughs> so they continue to say over and over again. I was just putting – I was just that, – that was the team's – Michael Pittman stance. Jr., uh, chap, I, I went up to you, chap, in the, uh, during the, the Tampa Bay game uh, in the press box – and after the first team was over, I said, Chap, Michael Pittman, three targets. Uh, who was it? It was Naheem Hines, uh, three targets. Mo Ali Cox, one target. That was it yep. from, from the first team right there. Those three guys. Like, no, no, no Alec Pierce, no Paris Campbell, uh, no Jelani Woods in any, any type of situation. It was Pittman, 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 Pittman. And then check down, check down, check down, check down, check down. The, the only question, and we'll have this at some point. Is will he catch a hundred balls or one hundred fifty or I was gonna say one hundred and twenty, <laughs> but it, it's he he's gonna catch a hundred plus and have average eleven yards a catch, and that's that's gonna yeah. be fine. But it, mm-hmm. I I just don't see where you, you, we we're talking it in in practice is how how do you how will you tier their their receivers now that they're their pass catchers, Pittman one by Hines, himself, Hines two yeah. Who's three? It won't be Jonathan Taylor, I don't think. I think it's Paris for right now. I would hope it's Paris. But it's it's so clear that that 
Pittman is number one with a bullet, and it's if he stays healthy, he's he's got he's gonna he's not gonna pass Marvin's one one forty three. Right, I say one fifty in jest. But what's the record? One forty eight record one forty eight from Michael Thomas Michael a couple Thomas. years ago, isn't it? And yeah, he paid for it with missing like two seasons. Yeah, but yeah, I, I did. Hey, good Michael Pittman. He he's shown so much growth as a player from his rookie year, where he was kind of like Ty's sidekick. Sort of. He's yep. the guy. He is the guy. And yep. He, and, I agree. And, but I I hope they can diversify a little bit, to diversify up to where someone else is at least something of a threat. Yeah, to kind of quantify what we're talking about. So this is the Colts' preseason target share with Matt Ryan throwing. Michael Pittman Jr., an insane 35% of uh, Matt Ryan's targets. The next closest is Paris Campbell, Nalek Pierce, and Naeem Hines, who are all around 12%. Uh, I don't think Pittman Jr. is going to have a 35% target share throughout the regular season. I would season. hope not. That's crazy. A, no- a good target share for a wide receiver, for like a stud number one wide receiver is maybe like, 20 to 25, somewhere right. in there. And I think I think the floor with him is probably 25%. Yeah, I but so. I think their other guys are just going to have it spread around. There's not going to be a clear number two. After Pittman uh, on the six wide receivers on the roster, Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, Ashton Doolin, Des Patman, and Mike Strawn. So both of those last two guys made it. They cut Kiki Kuti but signed him to the practice squad. Uh, Ethan Fernia also on the practice squad. Then DeMichael Harris, Samson Nakua uh, all, all cut as well. Uh, Chris Ballard says Desmond Patman came on there at the end, and we like Strawn's talent about those two guys. Then on T.Y. Hilton, do I think T.Y. can still play? Absolutely I do. I'm never going to shut the door on it, but right now I like our group. We like our group. So I, I think the door is almost shut, and it's not locked. I think uh, an injury. Is his, is, his, uh, is his poster still on Lucas Oil Stadium? I, I, coming from the south side, I take 65 north. <laughs> 70 West to 465 North, and I always go by Lucas Oil. Yeah. And I'm looking. I, first thing you got to see, the, is there a thanks for the memories? And it's not, his picture's still there. Mm-hmm. In 10 days till the season, don't you got to do something? I would think so. I mean. He's do, the only one who's not a current player do, on do that they building. Do have a JT mural ready to go up there? And I, it, it, it's awkward. Can, can you imagine? Had this an is, off season to make one. Oh, it's it's ready. It's but can you imagine the the marketing people, the marketing director saying, "Yeah, we got to do something." Somebody go and with you know your your newest guy on the staff, go ask Chris Ballard if it's okay to take Ty's picture down off Lucas Oil. But at some point, you got you can't go into the season with with his mural on the stadium when he's not on your roster. It's it's something stupid to worry about, but it's one of four pictures. Yep. So. Yep, we'll see about that. And things it, with things that I worry about. Right. Yeah, who's on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium? More pass catchers: Mo Alley Cox, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods are the three tight ends. Um, uh, a couple players were cut. Uh, Nikola Klinich went to the practice squad. Also uh, signed another undrafted rookie, Jared Scott, to the practice squad, who is not here in training camp. But uh, but yeah, like uh, we talked about three quarterbacks like eating up a spot on a roster. One of them, but. To have only three tight ends and only three running backs, that, that kind of allows you a little bit more flexibility, I guess, what they've done there. And I think it tells you, I, th- I think they would like to keep four tight ends. Yes. And there's not the value there. Right. I think they'd like to keep four running backs. and I, they, they believe that they, they can manage w- with it the way it is. The three tight ends, it, it, was, it worries me, and that's what it complicated the wide receiver issue to where, well, you know, we've only got – 
this on receiver, but we got these tight ends that we can rely on, which in the past they have. Uh, it, this is, you want to say a wild card. You know, Paris Campbell is a major wild card with injuries. Kylan Granson, it's there for him. Yep. It's he's he's the guy in that F role that can can, can catch can get out catch balls down the field, and you see it at times, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you don't. But that it, that's kind of what you're going to get with him. If it could be Pittman and then some combination of Hines, Granson, and Campbell up yeah, there, you're fine, like if you're fine. two of those guys step up on a weekly basis, if two out of the three, I think you feel Joe pretty good about about where your pass catchers are. It's just a question of if those guys are going to step up on a weekly basis. Especially early, because I, I do have a strong feeling that towards the end of the season, Alec Pierce is really going to come on and be a reliable player for you. Maybe not a star. I always ignore Alec Pierce. and like, yeah, yeah good. Uh, I'm glad that you bring him up, because you're right. I think he's going to get better as the year goes on. I'm just not quite putting him in that tier just yet, because I don't think he's ready. If he is, surprise me, and then I'm wrong. And, I, and that's I kind great. of feel the same way. You, like, if yeah. Paris Campbell, obviously I'd love if he stayed healthy the whole year, but if if he could give them like six weeks to kind of give Pierce time to kind of get acclimated to NFL gameplay, that'd be great because I think by midseason, Pierce is really going to be contributing. But yeah, I feel the same way you do, Granson. So, Mike, can you remind me about these rules in terms of on game day? You can bring up a few practice squad players, right? And technically, I believe we, we were, t- I, whether Chris didn't, it's two. You, you can bring up two practice squad players. So, on, on game, game day, day, you have 53. Or 55, it 55, right? It's 55, right. But, but you still need more you, inactives because you can the, only have... Right. The, ina- the inactive, it's still the active day roster. The same, what is it, 46? Yes. So, okay. But you can, you can, yeah, and you can bring up practice squad players. I'm just, tight ends just looking, th- like if, heaven forbid, Mo Alley or Jelani Woods goes down, it's not like Kylan Grant's is someone you want to rely on to block. So all right. of a sudden, what you do in your two tight end sets, which Frank Wright... Has a lot of correct. So to only have three active tight ends and one of them's not really much of a blocker, that's a little concerning to me. And the other one's a rookie. So when I look at this tight end group in terms of blocking, yes, Moelle Cox is a very good blocker, but the rest of the guys, you know, that's a huge question mark going I, into the I, season. I go back to some of the they show highlights of some of Taylor's big runs last year, Doyle. and it's Jack Doyle just smothering a guy on a wham block and. And and the running backs appreciate that, and I'm not sure these guys Mo Ali Cox can do it, but the other two guys, it's it. You can either block or you can't. I'm gonna say this: I think the Colts really need Granson or Jelani to step up as a pass catcher because they might have to leave Mo Ali in to block a lot more than his number one tight end label might indicate. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the offensive line. The other guys who will be blocking. Um, the Colts came out of the first 53-man cut with only eight, and that's not a complete aberration of the past. They've kept between eight and ten uh, guys under Chris Ballard. Uh, just the difference in who was on that. We talked a little bit about this earlier, just the the experience or lack thereof uh, of the guys uh, behind the, the starting unit. But it's at ten right now. So instead of eight, uh, in, in addition to the eight, well, well, let's go about over the eight first. Braden Smith, Matt Pryor, the two starting tackles, and then Bernard Ryman, a backup. Um, interior offensive line, Quinton Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Danny Pinner, your three starters, and then Will Fries, a backup guard, Wesley French, a backup center who has a little bit of uh, center guard flexibility, according to Chris Ballard, at least. Um, but then they added two more players in the days after the cut to 53, Tackle Dennis Kelly, chap alluded to, out of practice today, still not practicing. And then Luke Tenuta, 
uh, rookie that they claimed uh, from, did you say from Buffalo? Buffalo. Let me say that. Okay. Was he a seventh round pick, sixth round pick? Sixth round pick from Buffalo. Big guy, six foot eight. Hey. So. There you go. Doesn't like have the arm guys. length I would love under 33 inch The offseason basketball team is going to be a bear. It is, yeah, it really is. <laughs> they will own the paint. Right, for real. <laughs> really so, but yeah, that's uh, that's what it looks like on the offensive line. I, I like the starting unit. Once you go past there, especially right now with Dennis Kelly just hurt and not practicing at all, like I said, I, I you are playing with fire right there, especially on the offensive line to me. They really have two guys who you can kind of – kind of go okay I feel all right about I feel pretty decent about Wolf Rice I do I think he could give you serviceable I don't want to count on him for a whole season but if he needs to come in and give you a game or two I really think he's going to be solid um obviously the rookie Ryman's a giant question mark but there's a lot that we like about him so I guess give him the opportunity to go in and see what you got early with the guy because he does have high upside so it's kind of one of those it could be a huge swing. You don't know which way it, it's going to go. You give up three sacks, or he could come in and you go, oh, he might be our left tackle of the future. So uh, the depth upon the offensive line, as you guys have talked about, is a little bit concerning. Keeps me up at night more than who's on Lo- Lucas Oil Stadium, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Chris Ballard said, we feel good about where we're at with the depth. They're young, but that's not a bad thing. Well, well, it's not a good thing either. Uh, it's, it's not ideal. No, it's not. It's not the ideal thing. I don't think it's. It's hard to be ideal with depth. It is. Let me let me say that first of all in the NFL, like it is really difficult. How but many teams have a backup left tackle? You say you know, if right. I got guys in, we're fine. Yeah, we feel great. No, no, eh, no. Like you, you the I, <laughs> if I could get a <laughs> sentence out right here, but there, there's a difference between having experienced backups. And having inexperienced backups, you just Every feel team has better. Depth. I think you've yes. got a fifty-three man roster. Yeah, it's the quality of the depth. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you guys feel like so much better if they just still had Chris Reed or, or just like Donzo? some kind of? Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's crazy? Eric Fisher is still out there. I was reading about him today. It said like he's turned down nine offers. He's kind of just waiting on the perfect situation to come up. Does that translate into team or money? Not sure. I was kind of surprised, you know, he didn't end up in Dallas when they lost Tyrone Smith. I think they ended up signing Jason Peters. I saw today. Yeah, they did. Which is crazy. He's like forty. Turncoat. They Going signed, the they signed the him Cowboys. instead of Eric Fisher. Jeez, I'm not yeah. sure what that says. Is that going to add another year to his uh, to his Hall of Fame? Uh, yes. Their chap, if he signs signing with Dallas, which he's clearly a Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, he's, he's a, he was one of the elite left tackles of his generation. That that's hard to do. So, but hey, hey I, I will say this about the debt. Offensive line depth. Some of these guys are going to have to play, and if at the end of the year we get through it and they play pretty well, you're going to go, great, we got some good young depth on offensive lines on rookie contracts who we can rely on going forward. What was it, 2020, when they started the same group all 16 games, 2019 and 2020? One of those two years, yeah. And then last year they started 10 different combinations. Yeah. So that was – Less than ideal. Less than, again, less than ideal. Again, less than ideal. What would you call a great health system? Just a few minutes down the road from Indianapolis, where you can see some of the area's top doctors and healthcare teams in great facilities, including one of the safest hospitals in America, and maybe even save a buck or two on your healthcare. We call it Hancock Health. So if you're looking for smart, safer, affordable care, head east to Hancock Health where we're making health possible for the people of East Central Indiana 
and beyond. Defense now. Six defensive ends on the Colts roster. Yannick Ngakwe, Quiddy Pei, Taekwon Lewis, and Dio Dangbo, who both have some flexibility to go inside. And then Ben Banigou, once again, makes the roster. Once again, he can't get rid of Ben. And then... If maybe, it, maybe it was the coordinator. It's, it could have been. In, in this instance, yes, it was probably the coordinator. Who said, I want him. Yeah, Gus Bradley. No, I was thinking the other way around. That the, the other first coordinator did not want him. Oh, okay. He just just wouldn't like, play him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there's no question of changing coordinators. I think Gus said, "Hey, I think this guy, I think this guy can be. He, he's the backup to Gakway. So, it's amazing what a change of coordinators can do for a guy's career." Ifiadio Denibo, the the last of the six, right there, and uh, Cameron so Klein. The, the G is silent, right? Odenibo. Odenibo. Okay. Odenibo. As long as you spell it right. Exactly. That's, that's all Chap has to do, and he has to train his uh, his. It, it autocorrects. Auto yes, God, to Odenibo. It gets to where it finally got. <laughs> finally Od- understand Odenibo right. Odenibo. Odenibo right. Now it got, it's got another one. It's just driving me crazy. They did it just to annoy Mike Chapel. Thank you very much. Um, four more players on the defensive interior: DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. Um, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL who feel better about their starting two on the inside than those two guys, nor that should they. That one series Grover had. Monster. Un- I mean, he, he shut it down inside yes. the 10-yard line. Yes, he shut did. Shut it down. You love to see it. And then Eric Johnson, the rookie, uh, and then Byron Cowart, uh, an interior player, who's a – Chris Bowd called him a good backup, a good reserve three technique who could go in there and fill in if um, if Buckner goes uh, – Don't ask me about him because I, I yeah. couldn't tell you. He was – was he on the roster last year at all? I think he might have been on the practice squad or something. But, um, but anyway, yeah, he it, it's him over. Excuse me, a guy like Curtis Brooks, the rookie out of uh, Cincinnati, who uh, is on the practice squad, as is Chris Williams, uh, to the practice squad. What, Joe? Sorry, don't have it. Yeah, sorry, I thought you had it. You smacked your lips. I was like, oh, he's got it. He's got the information in front of him that he needs. They knows, claimed but, him in July. He's okay. been with the um, the uh, New England Patriots. Okay. Here's me shutting up, then. Not the case. Uh, but, yeah, 10, 10 defensive linemen is exactly what we've seen from them in the past a couple different times. Yeah, that's that's the the standard number. And Chap, with, with guys like a Taekwon Lewis especially, and also Dio, who can go inside, to see a little bit heavy on the defensive end here is not surprising at all, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't know how often. Sometimes you when you platoon, I don't want to say they platoon or they rotate guys in. You know, maybe there are times you have a, a complete second line in there, but these guys need the versatility to, to mix and match. And I think Chris Ballard mentioned that as valuable and difference making as Buckner is, you don't want him playing sixty snaps, and so you need to get guys in there. But uh, we've talked about I think Tyquan Lewis could be such a a huge part of this defense. We saw it last year, mm-hmm. and until he went down, I mean, he, he was he was making plays. Yep. So I think a player like that, if I'm a player, generally you you know leave me at a spot. Defensive line's different. He can play, he can play all four spots. I wouldn't want him at nose tackle very often, but I, I'm pulling for this guy, and he's huge to what this defense can do again because I think they're they're probably short one tackle that they really feel good about. But this this is as good a line. I was going back thinking when I felt as good about this line. And it's back in the Freeney Mathis years. And then they had Raheem Brock from uh, Temple, I think it was. He was a quality player. 
this line isn't that good because you've not got Freeney and Mathis, but this is a good line. Let's go to the linebacker. Six linebackers on the final roster. Shaquille Leonard was uh, activated from PUP to put on the 53 to allow him to practice this week, which we talked about that earlier. Bobby Okereke, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, no surprise with those four. And then JoJo Doman, the undrafted rookie out of Nebraska, makes the roster. And the Colts made that trade we mentioned earlier for Grant Stewart uh, from Tampa Bay to be that uh, final uh, reserve special teams uh, type guy. Um, no, no significant, I don't think, things to talk about here. They did cut my guy, Sterling Weatherford. Very disappointing to see Sterling not make the team. And Chris Ballard was saying that was, in particular, a painful cut um, because also the Bears scooped, scooped him up. Scooped him right up. So yeah, he, he's gone. Yep, Eberflus took him right out of the Another reason not to like the guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <Good> Eberflus. <laughs> but, yeah, Sterling. Uh, be- seriously, best of luck to Sterling with Chicago. Local guy, Hamilton Husky. Uh, Hamilton Heights Husky, so... Uh, hope he does well, uh, just not at the expense of the Colts. So uh, those are your linebackers. Um, let's see here. We got here cornerbacks, five corners on this roster. Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore, Brandon Faison, Isaiah Rogers, the top four, no surprises. If you're looking up and down the list of 53, um, probably Byron Coward is the, the one, I would say, that people would be like, who's that? If you just saw the name, if you're a Colts fan. And you're scrolling up and down. But Dallas Flowers is probably right along there with him, if not just right behind him. Um, Dallas Flowers, the uh, rookie out of Pittsburgh State. Saw a little time there. Um, played cornerback. Uh, was a return man. We saw him uh, return a very nice uh, kick in the Tampa Bay game as well. The Colts like that flexibility from him. They also like his ability to be a one-on-one corner, a man-to-man corner. Um, uh, certainly you, you hope you don't see a whole lot of him right now on in, in defense because you hope everybody in front of him stays healthy. But um, he's a guy that the, the more I watched camp, the more I wa- I'm not s- totally surprised by this pick. Um, I, I kind of thought they would go elsewhere. I wouldn't have put him on my final 53. But but Chap is a guy that you, you definitely need need corners and you need secondary depth. And these guys are really important in special teams, um, whether they're gunners or, or, or uh, filling out the role of, um, of, of kick return and, and getting down and disrupting plays earlier, early, early with their speed. Uh, Flowers is a guy that can do that. So he makes the final 53 man roster. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they cut Tony Brown to make room. I think was it for the waiver claim? I think. I think so, yes. Tony but, Brown was on this initially as well. But then they brought him back to the practice squad. So the way teams handle this, he's, he's essentially on your 53-plus. Right. So it's very easily or very possible or likely that he'll be active several games because they like Tony Brown. I remember that Frank was asked about three or four guys at the end of camp or before the cuts, and he talked about Weatherford, and he talked a bunch about uh, – Tony Brown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, in the NFL, today's NFL, if you don't have, if you haven't got four corners, you can't play. Yeah. And you need five. So they've got quality there. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Stefan Gilmore play. Me too. When it matters. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to see it. And because I, 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 I might have a few questions early just about does he still have, is he still that guy? From what we saw, he's still that guy. Yeah. Week one, Gilmore versus Brandon Cooks. Yep. Test him right away. Let's see, we will see. Force. Think, so, go ahead. I will say it's pretty impressive. Flowers made it over a lot of guys that Colts fans would recognize the names. I mean, uh, Marvell Tell, Anthony Chesley, Chris Wilcox. These are guys who have played for the Colts in the past. Yep. So, pretty, 
pretty impressive for a uh, undrafted free agent. Safeties, four of them. Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, Rodney McLeod, and Rodney Thomas, the rookie out of Yale. That's right. Go Bulldogs. Seventh round pick. How about that? Making the final roster. He had a pretty good game against Tampa as well. Uh, probably went a went a ways in, in earning that spot. They cut uh, Marcel Dabo, signed to the practice squad, the uh, international exemption there. Not surprised to see him there. Also, undrafted rookie Trevor Denbo did make the team. So they had five safeties initially uh, before being placed on injured reserve. Uh, he can return, though, after four games. We mentioned him a little bit earlier. A special teams guy. Led the NFL in special teams tackles in the preseason. Uh, but he's going to have to wait at least a little bit to, uh, to be back on this roster uh, in the future. So um, the more you look at it, uh, as I am uh, raining hellfire and brimstone and saying uh, the sky is falling with, with the depth on this team, like uh, my concerns are certainly more with the offensive side of the ball than they are for the defense. I think the defense has has more guys where, like, if if somebody gets dinged up, then you feel better about somebody else coming in. Like linebacker, I feel good about EJ Speed filling in. I really do. And Zaire Franklin, both of them. After this, if you're talking about two, like if somebody, if one of the top cornerbacks gets hurt, I feel okay about Isaiah Rogers seeing a little bit more time. I really feel good about that. Safety, if Rodney McLeod sees more time, he's seen a lot of time in the NFL right now. And then we already talked about the defensive line depth. So uh, my concerns more with depth are on the offensive side of the ball specifically, probably offensive line and then wide receiver uh, entirely. Um, but but that's so as as we go through this, I just wanted to make that clarification that, uh, Chap, I really do think they have some pretty good depth on the defensive side of the ball, guys that have played in the past uh, that can step in when necessary. Yeah, and you hope you don't need the depth, right. but, but you do need the you do need the depth of like on defensive line, linebackers not so much, the the deep the secondary not so much either because you're going to play barring injuries, x number of guys, x number of snaps. So, you know, there's there's always areas when we get this far into into the roster cuts, and, and there will be more changes because that's that's who Chris Ballard is. But by and large, this is your team. Uh, I like the defense. I like the overall depth on defense, and again, we went over the. It seems like our main concerns, anxieties are on offense with the offensive line. Yep. And receiver. Yep. Both of them together. Also, uh, can't, can't can't finish this uh, talk without mentioning the special teams, of course. Rodrigo Blankenship uh, makes the final cut as kicker, long snapper Luke Rhodes, and punter Matt Hawk, uh, who had a very good debut, Joe, uh, for the Colts. Had uh, five punts, averaged more than 50 yards, excuse me, per punt. And a down punt at the 10, 9, 15, 14, 25 yard line. So there's uh, two that were at the 10 and inside, two more inside the 20. Um, that, that's exactly what you want in the situations that he was in. Like you want to get it down there uh, inside the 10. And there was one that he hit was a, bo- a bomb, a monster. It was a 57 yarder that was right to the sideline. It was a perfect punt uh, that uh, left no possibility for a return. Um, so I, I thought. Hawk did everything, everything you wanted in his first appearance with a horseshoe on his helmet. We'll see if he can continue to do that when the games actually matter. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's crazy unfortunate to lose um, Sanchez, but yeah. I think the Colts may have locked into Hawk because you know they, the Bills just cut him for Matt Ariza. How'd that work out? Not well because they <laughs> then had to cut Ariza because he's facing these. Um, Sexual charges from stuff and they're not. His first of all, I, I want to they're not charges. This is a civil suit, so I just civil want to make suit, that. I'm going to make that criminal. very clear. This is not a criminal case. That's a civil case that he is facing. Not yet, at least. I believe police are still investigating. But you are correct. Yes. It is a civil lawsuit. The accusations, I guess, would right. be a better word. Th- this is another team's worry, but I would love to know 
what they knew and when they knew it. Mm-hmm. Buffalo. Yep. I, I really, I mean, I, I don't know how they knew something, but if you knew something, how did you not know what that something was? Mm-hmm. And if you knew what that something was, even was even if there weren't there, there weren't criminal charges, how do you invest a draft pick on a guy who has this potentially facing him? I I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, uh, some other teams worry. Yeah, yep. exactly. Glad, glad we don't have to worry about not that. ours. Hey, so. one, one thing that I just I just figured out here since I I, I tend to get on numbers, practice squad right, you know, regular season roster fifty three, there is a difference. If you're a rookie, uh, you're making in contracts for, for the most part are week to week. Uh, a rookie's making forty one thousand bucks a week. Practice squad, you're making eleven nine. So there is there is a difference. You know, you tell Tony Brown, "Well, I'm sorry we had to cut you, but you're on the practice squad." Well, yeah, but you know, compensate me. It doesn't work that way. So, right. So there, there big, is a difference now, now. If you get called up on on game day, you you get your game check, but there is a difference in pay. And I tell you, from from where it started, eleven nine for a rookie on practice squad's pretty darn good. I'd I'd like a spot on the practice squad. Yeah, make eleven nine a week. I'll strap a helmet on right now. Yeah, eleven <laughs> nine a week times seventeen is that's can't be right. It's twenty twenty thousand or two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Is that Joe money? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Hey, bang, bang me up all you want. That's where the money is now. It's in the web. And now that we've got these live reads in our show and our advertisements, Joe's rolling in it. I, I should have tried so much harder to develop my special teams abilities mm-hmm. throughout high school so I could be a gunner or something. As Matt Pryor said, the more you can do, the less you get paid. That's right. So so all of us, we must be able to do everything. We uh, can, that's right. We are jacks of all trades. Yes. Hey, 26 players on this roster are 25 years old or long, younger. There's a lot of youth. There's a lot of talent there. You can get excited about the talent. I don't mean to say that, oh, my goodness, the sky's falling with, the, with uh, what the Colts have on their offensive side of the ball. And and not also highlight the positives. Like there's guys that that you really like what their future can be. Like Jonathan Ryan, Taylor. Oh, like my, Jonathan, oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Right. Like uh, like Alec Pierce. I think you can really like what's coming. Jelani Woods is tantalizing at tight end. There's lots of reasons to be excited about this Colts team this year. But there are also reasons to really be. That's uh, that, that's that's no reason to say you tepid. can't have concerns. Yes, and, and I do have concerns um, if things happen. To, to that starting unit. So um, you hope that it doesn't, but... Hey, I will say this. Remember last year about this time? I like the way the Colts are looking now. The Colts had about five, six, seven injuries, guys not 100%, broken Quint- feet. with a broken foot, the quarterback with a broken foot. Exactly. You can say his name, chap. It's okay. I, I won't. I won't. <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got an imaginary jar that if you mention his name, you got to put a dollar in it. And... Okay. Yeah. We'll, won't do it then. An imaginary dollar, or is it just kind of falling? Right now, on the it's, table? Imag- it's an imaginary dollar. Okay. Imaginary but there's a lot of imaginary money in it. There is. <laughs> there is. If you listen to the, the chatter at, at camp, and especially if Jim Irsay starts talking, then it's just dollar after dollar after dollar goes into that jar. Um, let's see. Any more final thoughts, Joe, before we, uh, before we get into next week, real football? We'll have a game to preview, actually. Uh, we, uh, we can wrap up our preseason and all that right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. We got college football slate. Yeah. Purdue plays tonight. Yeah. IU plays on Friday. Notre Dame plays on Saturday. Going into the professional slate next week. Um, I'm excited about this team. I think they have a great mix of exciting young players, but also very established veterans as well. Obviously, you can point out any team, there's going to be holes on mm-hmm. all of them. Um, but I, This is the best Colts roster from top to bottom I've seen in 
since the Peyton Manning days, and you hate to see injuries, but Tennessee already we thought was taking a step back this year, and then they just lost one of their most important players, their top edge rusher, Harold Landry. So I think, you know, as long as the Colts stay healthy, take care of business, it's all in front of them. Everything they want this year is in their grasp. To me, the the most important thing coming out of preseason is, and I I don't mean to minimize the injuries to to Rigo or or to Ogletree, but if those are your injuries – I, I think you consider it a, a pretty fortunate preseason. I, I really do, because because guys get hurt. Yeah, they just get hurt. So uh, by and large, and again, they avoided a major one with Quiddy Pay. You know, we were there. Didn't we, look good. It didn't look good. It just didn't. So I, I think they're for the most part they have their health, and we can get into it more next week. But if this team isn't five and two after seven games, they have issues. Well. If they go five and two, they would have bucked a couple trends probably. Uh, that week one game, that in Jacksonville game. They better be three and one to get to five and two. Ch- Chaps putting the putting the bar high, uh, not really that high. <laughs> it's not it's not high to, to say you've got to beat Houston and you've got to beat Jacksonville. Right. Yeah. That's just a then bar. They got Chiefs, Denver, and uh, well, you got the ten- Tennessee first. Ten- Tennessee's yeah, I the fourth up game. the order, but they got those right. three in a row. Correct. So. Got to take, take care of business. Take care of business early. And One we'll, in five start, we won't cut it. We'll get to that week to week as we continue on in the Colts Blue Zone podcast throughout this season. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. Follow us individually. Joe Hopkins is at Rotor Street Joe. Mike Chapel is at, Ch- at mchapel 51 There we go. You can follow his work, by the way, at fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. And I'm Dave Griffiths at DaveG underscore sports. Appreciate you listening. We will see you next week as we preview the Colts and Texans season opener on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.